And so we're going to talk for the next few weeks about something that is in the Bible uh, that is found on both the sides of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, it's, it's mentioned often, and it's a thing that we don't oftentimes talk about a lot outside of church. And so, and the word we're, we're going to talk about is anointing. And, and as I say that today, some of you uh, are, can't get beyond the, the title. You're having like an experience right now. Because I said your two favorite words. I said essential oil. And you're like, oh, come on. Oh, I love that. You know, you're, you know who you are. You know, you're the kind of person that if I say I'm sick, you say, hold on, I've got something for you. And you pull out your little travel bag of the most essential of essential oils, right? Because you have like a whole cache at home. So you have your, your travel bag of the most important ones. And you pull it and you say, here, take this, put, rub this on your temples, you'll feel better. And I say, I smell cinnamon, but I don't feel anything, whatever. You say, well, you will pretty soon. But you, you know who you are, you're like, oh, man, you know, when I, when I was in high school or school once, I had a girl put gum in my hair. Now, I, I used to have hair, believe it or not. And so I had to go down to the, to the, uh, to the office and they took, and they put peanut butter in my hair to rub it out. But you would say, oh, you don't need peanut butter. You need lemon extract oil. And you got that too. And so that would be you, and that would be people like my wife, because my wife's that way as well. And so, well, I'm not talking about those essential oils, okay? So I know you feel sad. I'm sorry. I'm talking about a far more important one, and that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about this for the next few weeks. I'm really excited about this. And so when I talk about this, if you would today, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to focus a lot on a couple, a couple scriptures, uh, 1 verse 20 through 24. And as you turn there this morning, uh, today, I remember I grew up in, 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 in this church. I grew up in the Assemblies of God. If you didn't do that, you may, uh, you may say, well, what does anointing mean? I, I, I heard this talked about a lot as a kid. And I remember one time, a long time ago, I don't remember how old I was. I wasn't very old. Uh, a preacher was talking about anointing. He was talking about the verse in Psalms where it talks about how Aaron had, was anointed and had the oil run down over his head and his hair and his beard and all over his his clothes, and I thought, I don't really want that, you know? And so that was kind of my thought as a kid, but you want this anointing. Listen to what the verse here says. It says, for all the promises of God find their yes. And I love this, pa this passage this morning. Where are they found? Well, they're found in him. That is why, though, it, that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Again, this says this morning, it talks about the anointing. And so if the Bible talks about it, it is important, right? If it talks about this, it's something God's done for us. It's important for us to understand what he's given us. And so this morning we're going to walk through this. Now, what this word comes from is actually a very interesting place. Historians tell us that the word anointing or this idea of anointing comes from a practice done many, many years ago. Is back in the old times when they were, they were shepherds and they raised animals. 
And what would happen oftentimes is shepherds would have their sheep, and their sheep would get bugs, would crawl on them. And you're like, this is gross. Well, this would happen. And they would get bugs on them, and they would crawl into their ears, and they'd bore into their ears, and they would kill the animal. You're like, that's gross. Well, that's what happened. And so shepherds discovered if they dumped oil all over the heads of their, their sheep, it made their fur very slippery, and so the bugs could not climb on their heads and couldn't get into the ears to burrow. And that's really what happened. And so when, what, that was a well-known part of their culture. And so this idea of anointing became synonymous with love and with care and protection. And so you fast forward, there is many times in the Bible where God calls upon people to literally anoint or to pour with oil um, over someone's head for a purpose. Here's, here's four main reasons in the Old Testament. Four times, or four things, not four times, but four reasons we find the Old Testament was where anointing was used. Was The first one was prophets were anointed to proclaim. Now, I'm not going to read the, the passages. That's for you to read. So uh, you can study this if you want later on. Prophets were anointed to proclaim. Priests were anointed to lead in worship. Kings were anointed to lead in battle. And objects were anointed uh, as consecrated for God's use. And then you fast forward to the New Testament, where anointing is also added on uh, in the New Testament, where the sick were anointed to be healed. So to sum it all up this morning, God calls on people to literally pour oil out or anoint people, places, or things for this very specific purpose. For this, it was a physical symbol to show God set a person, place, a thing apart for proclamation, for worship, for sacrifice, calling, healing, and consecration. You're like, well, what does this mean for me? That's great, Pastor. That's awesome. Amazing. What does this mean for me today? How does this work for us today? Because I understand what you said. It talks about how we are anointed, but that doesn't have a whole lot of meaning for a lot of us. But the truth this morning is, is that it has an incredible amount of meaning for us today. Christian, do you know that if you are a believer, you are anointed? You have been anointed, and you are anointed for a purpose. You are anointed for, on the behalf of God to serve a higher purpose. And God pours something out upon us that changes us when we understand his anointing. Listen to how he, what God did through a man named Belazel in Exodus 31. Now, I don't have this on the screen, so you got to listen today, but this was the calling of a man named Belazel. Listen here in Exodus 31, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Belazel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, and the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. Now, what did God give him? What skills did he give him? Well, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. 
What happens here is that God calls this man, Belazel, to be a part of the building of the temple. And he doesn't just call upon a guy that was good at this stuff. The Bible says here is the Bible says that God poured out his spirit on this man, and that pouring out of that spirit gave him what he needed to do these incredible things. You can imagine Belazel, who is possibly, you know, chiseling away at some wood, or he is setting something in stone, or whatever he's doing, he's saying, wow, God gave me this ability. As people saw the beauty of the temple, they said, wow, man, what kind of person did this? Belazel would have said, well, I did, but really I did because God gave me this by pouring out his spirit on me that gave me this ability. See, this is what it speaks to and what it talks about when God pours out his spirit on us, it is synonymous with being anointed. This is what the scriptures teach us. What is, what is, 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 is seen in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. That you now walk in a similar fashion to how God called people like Belazo in the Old Testament. You now walk in a similar fashion as a New Testament believer. You are anointed by God for a purpose. Listen again to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For all the promises of God are find their yes in him. That is why through him we, we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ, and he has anointed us, and who has also put his seal on us and has given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Now, when this says guarantee here, guarantee is like a down payment. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to buy a house or a car, I don't have that kind of cash just laying around. So if I'm going to buy a house, I buy the house, but really what I do is I put down a down payment or a guarantee, right? And that down payment and that guarantee puts me in that place so that I will someday realize what the goodness is of having a paid-off, debt-free house, right? You know, the, the promise is there, but it's not there yet. It's been given as a down payment. You see, church, God has done this in us through the Holy Spirit. When God has promised this big thing, so often we don't understand the full depth of what God has done. His massive promises. So he has given us a down payment through the Spirit to be in a walk in the promises that he has laid before us. It's like this. I was changing the oil on my, my lawnmower a few weeks ago. I, I have a newer mower um, I haven't done it before. It's, a, I, I, it's the first year to, to change the oil. And so it's a rider. It's got a huge oil tank. I didn't know this. And so I, am, I opened up the, the little thing to turn the oil out. And it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. And, and I thought it was done. It just kept coming some more. And so when it finally stopped coming out, I said, all right, it's probably done. And so my mower has an oil filter on it. So I went over to my oil filter and I turned it one crank, and all of a sudden, oil just comes pouring out of my oil filter. Now, I like things that are neat, okay? And so my garage floor is being covered in oil. So I'm done trying to, like, cover it. Like, I had some, some napkins and some, like, paper towels. I'm throwing them down there. It didn't do one thing. It's all black. It's all coming out. And I'm just trying to wipe it up. And my garage floor is covered in oil. 
Not only that, but also my hands are covered in oil. My, 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 my shirt's covered in oil. My pants were covered in oil. I've got oil all over the place. So I did what any, you know, good man would do. I took my, my blowtorch and started blowing off the ground to get it all off. I really did do that, by the way. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll burn this off. Right, that will work. Um, it didn't work that good, but it was pretty fun. But, but anyway, and so, so I have oil everywhere, and, and I, I have spots in my garage where I can see that I touched because I left oil in those places. I left oil all over the place, and what's funny is the longer that I touch things, the more I did with stuff, the less the, less the oil is found there. See, you know this is a principle in life as well. When you have oil on your fingers or on your hands, it's, it sticks to your fingers and hands, doesn't it? It stays there, and you can try to wipe it off, or you can try to do things, but the more you touch, the more you leave the oil behind you, right? You leave a residue of oil behind you when you touch this, or I'm not going to do it, but I touch this, oil will be left there. And see, this is the picture of what God has done for us through the Holy Spirit. The anointing takes this, this big, huge, impossible to understand idea and breaks it down in a way that's very easy for us to understand. And when the Holy Spirit comes, when, the, when God gave us this beautiful promise of the Holy Spirit, he gave it to us like oil on the hands. And this is why anointing is so critical. You know what's interesting as well? The more I touch, the more I leave behind this residue. But the longer I touch things, and the, more I, and the, the, the longer it gets between uh, oilings, the between anointings, the oil residue I leave behind becomes less and less. See, some of us might be might have been anointed a long time ago by the power of the Holy Spirit, but we have found ourselves to be coming up dry. We found ourselves to be no longer leaving behind the residue, the oil of the Spirit. We're living by something else because this is the beauty of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God has poured out His Spirit upon us, and He has done that for a purpose and for a reason. God has blessed us with that. You see, church, the, the, the truth is today, you are anointed. But if you don't know how to engage that anointing, it can be provided for you and given to you and available to you, but it will re remain unused. It'd be like if you were telling me, Pastor Steve, I'm going to buy you a new truck. Okay, so you bought me a new truck, and I said, thanks, that's awesome. And it, would be, it better be a Ford, by the way, in case you're wanting to do that. But you buy me a brand new truck, and you're like, it's going to be great. Um, it's, I, I, here's, the, here's the title. You know, here's a picture of it. It's, it's ready. It's available to you. But there's one catch. I don't want this to be too easy, so I'm going to put this truck for you on a desert island in the South Pacific. And I would say, oh, that's weird, but okay, sure, whatever. You know, your truck, your dime, I'll go get it. And so I know people, I have friends, I can find someone. And they say, well, but wait, there's another catch. Is you have to do it all by yourself. So now I have a problem. Because, well, I can pilot a boat. I can't pilot the kind of boat you would need to take a truck off an island. I, I, I have friends that are pilots of planes who might be able to get me to that, to that, that, that island and put the tr truck in the plane, 
but I can't fly like that, and certainly I can't drive that truck from the island to the mainland. So though it's been provided for me, though the title is in my hand, and though I have a picture of the promise, it will remain unused. Why? Because I don't know how to get there. But when you have help, when you have something to come alongside of you, well, then the impossible becomes possible. Church, this is the nature of anointing. God has anointed us, and God has poured out the oil of his spirit upon us to remind us that there are certain things he's called us to do that, yes, are impossible, and yes, are difficult, and yes, are very big, and there are things that you can't do by yourself, but they're there, they're promises, and you have a reminder that it's possible because he's poured out the spirit upon you. That is anointing, church, and you have been anointed. The truth this morning is this is that there's people who have God's promise. It is available to them that though it is provided, it remains unused. Church, you have full access to God's promises today. You realize that. I love how, how the message puts our, our text today. Verse 20, he says, Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. I love that. I, I think of that in terms of the oil, the stamping of the oil. It gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. And then verse 21, God by his spirit has stamped us with an eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what it is destined to complete. Again, what's revealed in the Old Testament, I mean, sorry, what is concealed in the Old Testament is oftentimes revealed in the New Testament. God always has given promises to his people that come by way of obedience and sacrifice. And what's so cool about this is that we celebrate this morning at communion, Jesus paid that. Jesus paid that price. So now we can come before God boldly. We can come before God with these promises saying, Lord, they're, they're here. They're yes. They're amen. Because he has paid the promise or he has paid the price. He has gone to it for us. We access the benefits of being under that love through Christ. And this is signified by the pouring out of his spirit, the anointing of the spirit that he has given us. It's not just special Christians that are anointed. Listen to John, 1 John 2.20. It says, but you have been anointed by the Holy One. Now, he's talking here not just to a couple people. He's talking to the body of believers in this place. He says, you've been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have this knowledge. It's not just this secret society that only some people, only the, the most amazing, most dedicated Christians get. No, this is given to all, and it comes through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's been given to all people. Now, not everyone's anointing is the same, okay? Yours is not the same as mine. Mine's not the same as yours. God's called us in different ways. But the anointing of the Spirit is all of ours. He has poured this out upon us. And so because of this, you can move forward because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, this, we're going to walk through what that means a lot more in the next few weeks. And so, uh, uh, you're like, why not now? Well, I'm, I'm giving you a plug, so come back on back. There's just so much about this that I can't treat this right in one Sunday. But it is good stuff, and it is good news today. But I wanted to walk through those, those five things, those five ways that the anointing is used in the Bible. I want to walk through those and show you how those also work in our lives today. Now, while you may not have been literally poured upon this anointing upon you, God has anointed you, again, as you read before, through the Holy Spirit. He's anointed you with five anointings. The first one, you have a kingly anointing for the battle against temptation, sin, and evil. Now, these five things come from a, a passage in 2 Chronicles chapters 29 through 31. Three chapters there that walk through anointing. No, I'm not going to read them all right now. You're like, thank God. You know, no, I'm not going to read them all right now, but I do encourage you to read those three chapters. Again, 2 Chronicles 29 through 31. Amazing chapters as you can watch how God anoints a, a people to do his, his calling. So this first one here, you have this man named Hezekiah who has been anointed as king to serve in a very difficult time in history. And what the Bible teaches us or shows us was that Hezekiah was a good king. He went to work. He got all the leaders of the city together. They restored the temple and celebrated the Passover and got rid of all the idols. Now, you have to listen to this morning because just because you're anointed doesn't mean you're not going to have to do some work. Okay, God is going to call you to get your feet dirty or to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty and get your feet dirty. You are going to have to do something. And so that's what happens here with Hezekiah. But God gives him the ability. And it's Hezekiah who is anointed to do some pretty incredible things as he says these words, do not repeat the sins of your ancestors who turned their backs on God. He says, clasp God's outstretched hands. Come to his temple of holy worship. Your God is gracious and kind and won't snub you. Come back, he says, and he'll welcome you with open arms. That's verses 7 through 10 of, of chapter 30. You see, church, all of us have a kingly anointing. All of us have this anointing to call people out of that past life and bring them towards Christ. We have this. The Spirit, it, it urges each of us in our battle against temptation, sin, and evil. You can call upon the Spirit who you've been anointed by to call upon Him and say, Lord, I need your help, and come out of that old life and turn your life around. You can do that. God's given you that power and that anointing. You have the anointing to call others out of that life. See, when you call people, when you call people to come out of sin, it's not just your words talking. You've been anointed by the Spirit to walk like that. Number two this morning, you have a priestly anointing to pray and worship God closely. I, I love this about God. And, and man, I'll be honest with you, I had like a whole page on just this part. I was like, I can't go that deep into this. But church this morning... You are privileged. You walk in privilege. Because if you lived before Jesus, you worshipped God through somebody else. You had a person who direct and led and did everything on your behalf. And you just said, whatever they say is what I say to you, God. 
But when Jesus Christ came, he changed all that, and he opened it up, sir, that you and I could walk with God closely and personally and intimately. Listen to how we are described in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, you are a royal priesthood. That's not just words to say, oh, you're a priest and you should have a collar on. No, that, what that speaks to us and says in the context of the word is you can walk with God in worship and prayer. You have been anointed to walk like that. It's not just a decision you make. It's, I'll try this really hard. No, you've been anointed to walk with God in, in close worship and prayer. Number three today, you have a prophetic anointing to speak the good news about Jesus with power. A prophetic anointing. What I, I, it, it hurts sometimes to hear people say, well, I, I don't know what to say, Christians. I don't know what to say. I, I go to work, I go to school, whatever I do, and I don't, I don't want to tell people about Jesus because I'm worried if I talk, what I say is going to be stupid or it's not going to sound good or, or whatever else. I'm not going to know what to say, and so I, I can't do it. I just, I'm not a preacher. I'm not this. I'm not that. And so we put this I'm not on our lives, and we forget that you've been anointed to walk like that. That the Word talks and speaks about how sometimes you just need to open your mouth, and out of that mouth will come what God has put there. Church, the world needs to hear from Spirit-led people. The world needs to hear from people who know and and walk with Jesus and know what it means to know his presence and his power and speak those things out. God, church, the world needs to hear from people who are spirit-led people. When you tell someone about Jesus or speak into their lives in some way, you are acting out this anointing. How will that affect how you do what you do? How will that affect if you knew going into your workplace tomorrow, I don't just talk because I'm convinced. I talk because I'm anointed. I am called. I've had the Spirit poured out upon me. And when I leave, when I leave fingerprints and handprints, I don't just leave mine. I leave his. And church, that's what God has called us to do as the body of believers. Come on, somebody. It will cause us to think and act differently. You should because you are. Number four, you have a healing anointing to trust God for healing and be used by God to heal. We know the word in James chapter 5, 14 and 15 says, that anyone among you sick, let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him. I don't say much else about this other than the fact that it's true. We serve a God who, who doesn't just tell us how to live and tell us what to do. We serve a God who is present, who is powerful, who is mighty, who is mighty to save, and who is mighty to heal. It's why we can pray and say in this church with passion and purpose, say, God, would you come and save? Would you come deliver? And would you come heal? Because God has anointed his people to walk those things out. Church, this morning, you've been he- you have anointing to trust God to be healed and to be used by God to heal other people. You don't do it. You don't heal. You don't do that things that God does using you as a tool in his hands. Which brings us to the next one this morning. Number five, you have a consecrated anointing to do something useful and unique in God's kingdom. 
as the band comes forward this morning, in Leviticus, when God called Moses to anoint the tabernacle and what was in it, God called Moses to anoint all these things, to anoint the, the walls and the altar and I mean, stuff. And, and it's puzzling. You're like, why would God do this? Because he's called him to anoint things and items. But what this does here is this act of anointing sets in motion the promise and plan that God had already laid out. Every nook, every spot, every cranny, everything was given on purpose for a purpose to bring glory to God and do something incredible. Church, that's what we are. We are that. In this day and age, we are that. As you stand across this room this morning, there's another way to put this today. I want to leave you with this this morning. Church, every believer, as you bow your head this morning and close your eyes, every believer, every Christian, every person has an only one anointing. You are not a thing. You are, not, you are a person. You are not just an item that God can use. You are a person, an individual, a created one that he loves and cares for immeasurably. He loves you this morning. You're not a thing, but what you are in his hands is a tool that he can use. In church, there is only one of you. Your, your mom told you that when you were a kid, right? There's just one of you. And you know what? She was right. There's no one else like you. In the, you don't, no one else like you in the world. So when God called the Apostle Paul in Acts 9, that's, that's literally how Paul was described. At the time, Paul was not yet the man he would be. At the time, he was still unrefined. He was not ready. But listen to how Acts 9.15 describes this person who is not yet ready. He says, this man is my chosen instrument. I love that. This is before he was anything. He was, he was pretty, he's a pretty bad dude. And he hadn't changed fully yet. God had brought him to his knees and he was different, but he was not yet what he'd be. But at that point, it was spoken over him, this man is my chosen instrument. That's the beauty of the anointing that God has poured upon your life. It's an almost but not yet anointing. That's why our text describes it as a down payment. And while you and I struggle with this because we don't understand the fullness of it yet. We know God's called to big things. We know God's called to this or that. But yet we don't always feel that way. And that's why he uses the word that a, of a down payment. And that down payment is the Holy Spirit. That down payment is what he has done for us through his spirit. Church, don't be afraid. Don't, I'm sorry, don't be jealous of another person's anointing. Don't be jealous of that. Because your anointing is not the same as someone else's. Maybe you're not called to preach. Maybe you are called to preach. And you don't know that yet. You know, there may be someone in this room who might be 60 years old. And you've never preached a message in your entire life. And you say, well, I'm not called to preach. But yet you are. And you don't know that yet. If you walk jealous of another man's anointing, you may never know that. That's a word for someone this morning. I'm not anointed to, to, to do music, trust me. <laughs> I, can, I can play spoons, that's about it. I've tried and failed. I'm not, that's just not me. Don't be jealous of someone else's anointing. You may be anointed to be a wonderful mother. 
and you are setting an example for your children and your children's children and their children and they will call you blessed and they will call they will call back and say my grandma my great grandma was amazing our family is different because she walked in her anointing she showed us what it was like to serve Jesus that is no lesser anointing you may be anointed this morning to preach the gospel in your in your cubicle you may be anointed to preach the gospel on the bus or whatever you might be. That's not a lesser anointing. You might be anointed to do all kinds of things and you don't know what it is today. Because all you have today is what you see right now. Don't be jealous of someone else knowing. Don't fall to the temptation to live in prison of comparison. That yours is better or less than someone else's. Don't you dare say, well, I... I I lead worship, or I preach the message, and I'm so much more important than anybody else's. That's baloney. Your anointing is not better or worse. Your anointing is what God's given you. And I will, I will tell you as well, don't look lightly at the preparation time in which God sharpens you to be used for his purposes in the perfect moment. Again, heads bowed, eyes closed. I looked at David. When David was anointed as king, where was he? Was he at king's school? Was he, the, was he being taught by the greatest kings and such to how to be king? No. David was out in the field. So much so, and he was so forgotten about that his mom and dad and brothers forgot about him. It was time to the call. They said, oh, David, he doesn't matter. He's out in the field. Who cares about him? It doesn't matter. No. But see, what God says is I don't look at what man sees. I look at the heart. That man is my called anointed one. Go get him. See, God saw him in the field. And you might feel that you're in the field right now. And you say, man, I just wish that I could do what God's called me to do now. Don't look lightly the time of preparation when God prepares you for that moment. Please. Listen to what this says here. It says, listen to this. It says, there's a difference between what you are talented to do and what God has anointed you to do. When you walk in your talent, you get the credit. When you walk in your anointing, God gets the credit. Which one's better? Heads about, eyes closed. Jesus. We want to live our lives in such a way that you get all the credit. Jesus, we want to live our lives in such a way that it's yours. Lord, we know this morning the truth that you have anointed people in this room. Lord, that doesn't have to be this weird idea, Lord. It's just, it's just, it's, a, it's an expression. You have poured out your spirit upon us. And Lord, we are desperate for that, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are desperate for you to minister, desperate for you to move, desperate, Lord, for you to touch us, and, and, and Lord, for, it, for you to pour that out, and Lord, that we could ourselves, Lord, leave impressions and leave, leave the oil of the Spirit on someone else, Lord God. It is not about us, it's about you, Lord Jesus. We are hungry for a pouring out of your Spirit. Amen? You were with me this morning. As Joe plays today, and if I could have some prayer partners come forward this morning, just to kind of wait on us today. If God should lead you so in some area this morning, these people will be here to pray with you.
Let's just take some time this morning. Let's just ask God to do that. Lord, pour out your spirit. Don't wait for the song to start here, but let's just do this now. God, pour out your spirit. We're hungry. Lord, if there are those here today, God, that have been jealous of another person's anointing, Lord, we repent for that. We're sorry. Lord, speak clearly to us, Jesus, so that we would not be jealous of that, but Lord, we would follow what you want us to do, Lord Jesus. If there are those who would say, be here today and say, God, my anointing is not that big of a deal, Lord, I pray give them vision. Lord, moms, give moms vision that their calling is no lesser calling than anyone else. In fact, Lord, so often their calling lays the foundation for world changers, Lord Jesus. Let them not see their calling, Lord God, as lesser, but let them see it, God, as you see it. God is a high calling. I think of doctors or, or, or factory workers, whatever. God, we think our calling is lesser, but it's not, Lord. You've called us to go. You've called us to serve. I pray, God, you'd help us to see the possibility, not in us, but Lord God, in your Holy Spirit, that what you can do through us is fantastic. Lord, there are those here today that might be struggling in some area of sin or, or brokenness or they need healing or whatever it might be, God. They have been anointed. They have been, Lord, your Spirit's been poured out upon them. Lord, to walk like this, Lord God, to walk in these things. God, give us an understanding of that today, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we'll pray for it. We'll trust you for it. We'll ask you for it.